0: The Revelations of Saint Gertrude, written by herself. Chapter 1 The Saints' Thanksgiving to God for the First Grace vouchsafed to her, by which her mind was withdrawn from earthly things and united to Him. I was in the twenty sixth year of my age, when, on the Monday before the feast of the purification of thy most chaste mother, at the close of day, thou, the true light, who art clearer than any light, and yet deeper than any recess, having resolved to dissipate the obscurity of my darkness, did sweetly and gently commence my conversion by appeasing the trouble which thou hadst excited in my soul for more than a month, which thou didst deign to use, as I believe, to destroy the fortress of vainglory and curiosity which my pride had raised up within me although I bore the name and habit of a religious, to no purpose. But thou didst will to use this means, that thou mightest thereby show me thy salvation. Being then in the middle of our dormitory, on raising my head, I beheld thee, my most loving love and my Redeemer, surpassing in beauty the children of men, under the form of a youth of sixteen years, Beautiful and amiable, and attracting my heart and my eyes by the infinite light of thy glory, which thou hadst the goodness to proportion to the weakness of my nature. Standing before me, thou didst utter these words, full of tenderness and sweetness. Thy salvation is at hand. Why art thou consumed with grief? Hast thou no counselor? that thou art so changed by sadness? When thou hadst spoken thus, although I knew that I stood corporally in the place I have mentioned, it seemed to me, nevertheless, that I was in our choir, in the corner where I had been accustomed to offer up my tepid prayers, and that there I heard these words, I will save thee, I will deliver thee, fear not. After I had heard them, I saw thee place thy right hand in mine, as if to ratify thy promise. Then I heard thee speak thus, You have licked the dust with my enemies, and you have sucked honey amidst thorns. But now return to me. I will receive you and inebriate you with the torrent of my celestial delights. When thou hadst said these words, my soul melted within me, And as I desired to approach thee, I beheld between thee and me, I mean from thy right hand to my left hand, a hedge of such prodigious length that I could see no end to it either before or behind. And the top of it appeared so set with thorns that I could find no way to return to thee, thou only consolation of my soul. Then I paused to weep over my faults and crimes, which were doubtless figured by this hedge which divided us. In the ardor of the desires with which I desired thee, and in my weakness, O charitable father of the poor, whose mercies are over all thy works, thou didst take me by the hand, and placed me near thee instantly, without difficulty, so that casting my eyes upon the precious hand which thou hadst extended to me as a pledge of thy promises, I recognized, O sweet Jesus, thy radiant wounds, which have made of no effect the handwriting that was against us. By these and other illuminations, thou didst enlighten and soften my mind, detaching me powerfully by an interior unction from an inordinate love of literature and from all my vanities, so that I only despised those things which had formerly pleased me. And all that was not thee, O God of my heart, appeared vile to me, and thou alone wert pleasing to my soul. I praise, bless, adore, and thank from my inmost soul, as far as I am able, but not as far as I ought, thy wise mercy and thy merciful wisdom, that thou, my Creator and Redeemer, didst endeavor in so loving a manner to submit my unconquerable self-opinionatedness to the sweetness of thy yoke composing a beverage suitable to my temperament, which has infused new light into my soul, so that I began to run after the odor of thy ointments, and thy yoke became sweet, and thy burden light, though a little while before they had appeared hard and almost unbearable. Chapter 2 How the grace of God illuminated her interiorly. Hail, salvation and light of my soul. May all that is in heaven, in earth, and in the abyss return thanks to thee for the extraordinary grace which has led my soul to know and consider what passes within my heart, of which I had no more care formerly than of what passes within my hands or feet. But after the infusion of thy most sweet light, I saw many things in my heart which offended thy purity, And I even perceived that all within me was in such disorder and confusion that Thou couldst not abide therein. Nevertheless, my most loving Jesus, neither all these defects nor all my unworthiness prevented Thee from honoring me with Thy visible presence nearly every day that I received the life-giving nourishment of Thy body and Thy blood. Although I only beheld Thee indistinctly as one who sees at dawn, thou didst endeavor by this sweet compliance to attract my soul so that it might be entirely united to thee and that I might know thee better and enjoy thee more fully. As I disposed myself to labor for the obtaining of these favors on the feast of the Annunciation of thy mother, when thou didst ally thyself with our nature in her virginal womb, thou didst anticipate this day by pouring forth on me Unworthy though I am, on the vigil of the feast, the sweetness of thy benediction, at chapter which was held after matins, on account of the Sunday following. But since it is not possible for me to describe in what manner thou didst visit me, O Orion from on high, in the bowels of thy mercy and sweetness, permit me, O giver of gifts, to immolate a sacrifice of thanksgiving to thee on the altar of my heart, in order to obtain for myself and for all thine elect the blessedness of experiencing frequently this union of sweetness and this sweetness of union, which before this time was utterly unknown to me. For when I reflect on the kind of life which I led formerly and which I have led since, I protest in truth that is a pure effect of thy grace, which thou hast given me, without any merit of mine. Thou didst give me from henceforward a more clear knowledge of thyself, which was such that the sweetness of thy love led me to correct my faults far more than the fear of the punishments with which thy just anger threatened me. But I do not remember ever to have enjoyed so great happiness at any other time as during these days of which I speak in which thou didst invite me to the delights of the royal table. And I know not for certain whether it is thy wise providence which has deprived me of them, or whether it is my negligence which has drawn on me this chastisement. Chapter 3 Of the Pleasure Which God Took in Making His Abode in the Soul of Gertrude while thou didst act so lovingly toward me, and didst not cease to draw my soul from vanity and to thyself, it happened on a certain day, between the festival of the resurrection and ascension, that I went into the court and seated myself near the fountain, and I began to consider the beauty of the place, which charmed me on account of the clear and flowing stream, the verdure of the trees which surrounded it, and the flight of the birds, and particularly of the doves, above all, the sweet calm. Apart from all, and considering within myself what would make this place most useful to me, I thought that it would be the friendship of a wise and intimate companion, who would sweeten my solitude, or render it useful to others. When thou, my Lord and my God, who art a torrent of inestimable pleasure, after having inspired me with the first impulse of this desire, that it's will to be also the end of it, inspiring me with the thought that if by continual gratitude I return thy graces to thee as a stream returns to its source, if increasing in the love of virtue, I put forth like the trees the flowers of good works, furthermore, if despising the things of earth, I fly upward freely like the birds, and thus free my senses from the distraction of exterior things, my soul would then be empty, and my heart would be an agreeable abode for thee. As I was occupied with the recollection of these things during the same day, having knelt after vespers for my evening prayer before retiring to rest, this passage of the gospel came suddenly to my mind. If any man love me, he will keep my word and my father will love him, and we will come to him, and will make our abode with him. At these words, my worthless heart perceived thee, O my sweet God and my delight, present therein. O oh, that all the waters of the sea were changed into blood, that I might pass them over my head, and thus wash away my exceeding vileness, which thou hast chosen for thine abode or that my heart might be torn this moment from my body, and cast into a furnace, that it might be purified from its dross, and made at least less unworthy of thy presence. For thou, my God, since that hour, hast treated me sometimes with sweetness, and sometimes with severity, as I have amended or been negligent. Although, to speak the truth, When the most perfect amendment which I could attain, even for a moment, should have lasted my whole life, it could not merit to obtain for me the most trifling or the least condescending of the graces which I have ever received from thee. So great are my crimes and sins. This has been taken from The Revelations of St. Gertrude, Part 2 of The Life and Revelations of St. Gertrude the Great, first published in English in 1862. This work is available through TAN Books. For more information, call 1-800-437-5876 or find them on the web at www.tanbooks.com. This work is in the public domain.